I will continue to call out the lies until it no longer says we're in Washington, D.C. Because, damn it, we're in Vegas. We're moving here. Mandalay Bay. I love it here. Yeah. God, I love this city. Yeah, I'm never going back. I, I think I may just live here, too. Yeah. I just got to pick up my kid and bring him, I guess. Well, that's fine. You know, he can go to school in Vegas. They got good schools out there in Henderson. Wife debatable. We'll there. see if we bring her. No, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see if she's she happy with me after, uh, after tonight. You found your card. So now that you have your credit card back, you're in a better spot. She was not a big fan of me calling at 4.30 a.m. to tell her about <laughs> Bruno Mars. <laughs> Bruno Mars was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I had to tell lie. somebody, man. Uh, well, we, we we talked about it. We all went there, but I'm glad that you told her twice in the middle of the night. Yeah, so that's good. Hey, girl, I <laughs> think I want to marry you. <laughs> that's what you did, and didn't she's, it? Yeah. And she's like, Brian, we are effing yeah, married. Ryan. Maybe I think I want to divorce I, you. <laughs> yeah. You know, how about that? Yeah. At Monday night, losing the credit card night one, she was uh, no, she was not happy. That's she the, wasn't happy that our boss saw Ryan uh, walking through the concourse at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. 3 30 last night again, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan has run into our boss multiple times now walking. I need like a down. disguise. I need like a, a mustache. I need, yeah, like a fake mullet or something. <laughs> you need a hat, at yeah. least a hat. I can't. I that have haircut, We can see it from a mile away. It, it was $100. I know. We I, can tell. It's looking fancy. I, uh, yeah, see, I can't just, I can't sit in the room though here. I know. There's it's too much going on, man. It's, it's tough. It's tough. And that's yeah. the reason why we luckily get to have people in person. Alex yes, Gold, sir. 610 Sports in yeah. Kansas City, live on set with us. BetQL as well, of course. Uh, I'm sure it's been a very quiet stretch for you for the last couple of weeks. Not a lot going on. Not a lot to, to talk about when it comes to the Chiefs. Nothing. You know, there's just nothing going on. I wish finally there would be, you know, some sports in Kansas City, winning some things, you know, having success, all this kind of stuff. It's a tough life being a sports talk host in Kansas City ah, these days. Must be nice, man. Must be nice. So what is, like, the – Heading in now to, like, this week, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot on this show where it's the, okay, I guess we still can't count Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes out. You just you just don't do it. It felt like this was the one year where maybe you could. A lot of issues during the regular season, specifically with the, you know, the wide receivers and all that. Now that it's gotten to the playoffs, is the vibe just kind of like, hey, man, every year, no matter what, they figure this thing out? It just seems that way. A hundred percent, because there, there were plenty of people that were upset with general manager Brett Veach yeah. and the fact they didn't attack this wide receiver room. You had a ton of faith that, Canarius Tony was going to improve. We all know what's gone on with him this season. Yeah. Sky Moore was going to develop. No, that is Canarius a- Tony going to play? By the way, I don't believe so. Okay. He's practicing. Yeah, he's not playing. No, no, no. They, they they tried not to get too off on Tony for a second, but like they tried to do him a favor by <laughs> just saying he had a hip injury. Yeah. And then he had to go on Instagram, you know, and then now he's claiming that it's AI doctored. Look, look nobody's wasting their time doctoring AI videos for you, Canarius Tony. Okay. Um, and so no, he's practicing. He's not going to play. I would be stunned. I also there's not a soul in Kansas City Chiefs fan wise that wants Tony to play. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, if this year they were still able to accomplish their goal of you know getting to a Super Bowl and maybe winning one here on Sunday, uh, the fact that. They did it without signing Hopkins or any of these other pieces that fans wanted them to do. Um, why, why, why should people freak out next year? That's kind of the mentality yeah. of everybody in Kansas yeah. City. I feel like, and I said this today on one of my hits, that even if a team is more talented, even if a team is playing better than the Chiefs, they almost fear the mystique and the allure and the grandiose nature of how the Chiefs continue to win these games, where they, I feel like they shoot themselves in the foot. And, and listen, like on paper, the Niners offensively much better, even, even including Brock Purdy in that mix. Like it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Travis Kelsey, and then, eh, we'll see, right? You've got Debo Sam, you've got Brandon Ayuk, you got CMC, you've got so many weapons. But like, do you see that being the case in this matchup a- as well? 
So I, I think there was, for the last couple of years across the board, plenty of teams that maybe did fear the Chiefs. I, I think what has happened this year, and, and maybe there's a chance it's been regained just in this playoff run, mm -hmm. but the fear of the Chiefs, it's certainly going into Arrowhead that you couldn't win, all of that, I, I do think that went away a little bit this year based off of how vulnerable they look. You know, Philadelphia came into Kansas City. That was before Philadelphia fell, fell apart, but they, they came into Kansas City and found a way to win. The Chiefs go on the road and lose to Jordan Love at Lambeau. That was before Love was really cooking, yeah. right? Um, and so I think they've just been more vulnerable and teams don't fear them the same way. But that worked against, I think, Buffalo in the divisional round. I think it worked against Baltimore to a certain extent. When you, you start looking at the Chiefs as being the underdogs and being able to play that role, something that they really didn't get to play the, the years prior. And so, you know, for San Francisco, I think there's definitely the respect factor for the, for the Niners towards Kansas City. Um, they also played each other, and there's some, some familiar faces going back to the, the 2020 Super Bowl. And then Christian McCaffrey's first game yeah. was against the Chiefs. Now, they were barely using him at that point in time. So I, I don't know if there – I don't think there's any fear of the Chiefs based off of how this season has gone, but I, I don't think you want to estimate, underestimate Kansas City with the way they've played here in the postseason. But, but don't you think that you saw that in the Ravens game where there was, like, extra aggression, and so that led to mistakes and penalties. There was – just this, it felt like doing too much, going outside themselves because it's the Chiefs. That's kind of more of what I mean. I got you. Yeah, I, I think that specifically was. Lion stuff is just, oh, my God, I just want to vomit. And Aaron Hawksworth. That's all I have to say to that. On the BetQL Network. Go for the betting cycle on BetQL with Cody Decker. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio. Sports handicapper Rob Brown. When Penix Jr. plays USC, he's getting 400 yards. Cycling all the top plays. And Cody Decker, I think Florida can cover today. And one outrageous show parlay. One, two, three. Ah! Oh! Let the chaos begin. It's Bet for the Cycle on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. I have so many hot takes just off of this here. We'll let them. I think could really be a bigger problem. I think the Chiefs will be ready against Kittle. They've actually, actually fared well against some of the tight ends this year. Yeah. Talking to Alex Gold, BetMGM tonight, uh, Isaiah Pacheco is I, I first off i love all of his props this i love the attempts over on yards uh this game in pretty much every game throughout the playoffs <laughs> and most of the regular season is it like from afar for me whenever i've watched i felt like they didn't for the longest time understand what they had in him it feels like now they kind of realize we got a real running back back there that i mean he can break out for big runs he can lower his shoulder and just knock guys on their ass there's but did it feel that way to you guys? Was that a discussion ever of, like, why is Isaiah Pacheco not getting consistent carries? I think this goes back to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Mm -hmm. You know, they drafted him in the first-round pick, and there was a lot of discussion at the time anyway, drafting yeah. a running back in the first round, even if it's at the back end of the round. And he got off to, a, what was it, the first four or five games start, and it was absurd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he can't stay healthy, and so they, they went and, and found Isaiah Pacheco, who's been a stud for them. So I think some of it was just – unwillingness maybe some arrogance of going away from a guy you spent your top tier draft picks on 
Um, and then they saw his running style, and it probably fits this team. They're not a physical team overall. That's mm -hmm. not that's not an Andy Reid style team typically. Mm -hmm. And so I think they realized this year more than others that you're not the same offense that you had been in 2021, 2022. And so you needed to, to have more of a physical aspect to it. And so Isaiah Pacheco just brings something to the table that they haven't had. And that's why post-Cincinnati game, I would say, this regular season, that's when you start seeing the carries increase, 24 carries. He only had 15 against Buffalo, but they got doubled up in plays yeah. by the Bills. So if you think about it, getting 15 carries in a game, you got doubled yeah. up is awfully impressive. Had 24 against Miami. So I think Pacheco's going to have to be a huge part of the game plan. Um, I actually think he's my only Chiefs player outside of Mahomes I would bet on MVP. Yeah. I really think okay. that's the nice. only player I could see winning MVP other than Mahomes if it's a, a lower scoring game. Mm. And this is not a three, four touchdown yeah. performance. If it's, you know, 21, 24 points, Okay, Mahomes, Mahomes might have a touchdown in 230 yards and be flawless, no, yeah. you know, no mistakes. But if Pacheco gets two touchdowns in 90 yards at 30 to one or whatever the number is sitting at currently, it was I mean, 120 to one. When I bet it a couple weeks ago, what I was looking at sorry, 120 to one. I, wow. I played some Kelsey 66 to one too. I mean, just kind of thinking the same thing. That's yeah. what I was going to follow up on is with all of the narratives of Kelsey uh, and and just what he's done in postseason play. He's not worth an MVP for you, but also follow up on that. I've been hearing like a lot of whispers about maybe him stepping away from the game after this. You're in it every day. You talk to the team every day. Like, what is there to that, like validity wise? So my Trista, the the, the Travis Kelsey MVP bet, and, and it sounds like you disagree on this, but I don't I, either I, agree nor okay, disagree. okay, because I I just don't see the path. Like, if, if Travis Kelsey has two touchdowns in a buck ten, let's say, which is which is possible, yeah. Unless it's the enough? game winner in the walk-off, mm -hmm. I, I just isn't it going to Mahomes? Yeah. I mean, we just uh, last year Nick Bolton had you know the, the great defensive plays had the one touchdown called back, and then Mahomes ends up winning it. You know, going back to the last time they played the 49ers, running back Damian Williams yeah. was probably the MVP of the game. I would argue Mahomes still won it. I just I, I think it's really tough. Taylor Swift. I, Taylor. Yeah. That's that's the conspiracy <laughs> theory, right? Is that they just want this perfect storybook ending? Travis Kelsey. Um, I also don't think this will be the end, though, to your other question yeah. about Travis Kelsey. I, you know, Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, two two individuals everybody's been asking about retirement. We had Clark Hunt, uh, the owner of the Chiefs, on our, our show, uh, and, and he said he doesn't get why anybody's been talking about Andy Reid. He hasn't heard that retirement mm -hmm. rumor or anything like that. And I think the same thing applies for Travis Kelsey. The off-field opportunities will be there two years from now. They'll be there this offseason, sure, but I don't think they're going away anytime soon. So as long as his body is is healthy and he's still, you know, nine hundred plus yard receiver, I think they're good. I mean, he's not going to go out, you know, as a five hundred yard guy and just hang on for dear life when he's forty. Yeah. Um, but right now, with the way he's performing, I, th I think he'll absolutely keep playing. And it'd be a shock to a lot of Chiefs fans if he retired. All right, what do you think about the total? I like the under because we're talking props here, and, and like I'm not going to play a whole lot of overs. I don't know how many possessions there's going to be. I think both teams are going to run the ball. These are two pretty good defenses. Uh, what do you think about the total? So I'm on the under as well. Okay. Yeah, I, I love the under as well. I mean, we, we just whether we're talking about the second half trend that that you know ties into this a little bit. The Chiefs 28 points or less every game. You know that they yeah. give up. Mm -hmm. They're the only team that's ever done that in the Super Bowl era. Yeah. I think all of the the prior four that were like 19 games in a row all won the Super Bowl as well. I think the the script is going to be another low scoring game, not necessarily 17 to 10 like yeah. we just saw. Yeah. Um, I, I think 24 21. You know, right? You know, something like that, which still gets you under the total. Yeah. That's how I see this game playing out, and I definitely will be on the under in the second half, 23 oh, and yes. a half. I think you just have to. The Chiefs' offense still struggles to score in the second half. 
and we know what they're doing defensively right now. So I'm on the under both in the, in the game and the second half. Love that. Love no matter what happens in this game, what do you think the offseason is going to look like for the Chiefs? I do believe, despite the offense playing better, they recognize that they're going to have to go and yeah. either spend that first-round pick on a wide receiver or go get a, a T. Higgins, Mike Evans type, although I'm not really a huge fan of the Mike Evans signing. Not only the dollar amount, but post-31-year-old mm -hmm. multi-year contract. That's not something the Chiefs have typically done. So I, I do think they'll attack the wide receiver room. We all remember what happened the last time they lost to the Super Bowl to the Bucs, 31-9. The O-line was abysmal, and so what did they do? They were uber-aggressive. They went and drafted multiple pieces, signed Joe Tooney. I could see them being that aggressive again with the wide receiver room, even though they've, they've started to get a little more out of Rashi Rice, who's looks like going to be a stud for a while yeah. in this offense. Are you shocked, because I am, that the Chiefs are still underdogs given <laughs> – the whoa, whoa, the 49ers against all odds. Remember, they tweeted that out, guys. Against all, against odds. all odds, the Every 49ers got here. Both teams are trying their best to, <laughs> to convince everybody out there that nobody wants them to win or anything like that. Um, I'm not surprised the Chiefs are dogs, but we looked at the look-ahead line a week or so ago, and we were talking about this, the potential matchups. And if, if Mahomes was going to go and beat the Ravens, go ahead and bet the plus three a week yes. ago. And we all know that the three is nowhere to be found. I'm surprised it's not one and a half, though, or one. I really am. So surprised they're a dog? No, because the 49ers were the better team all year. And I'm sure a lot of people that were handicapping the Niners, you know, still rate them out as a much better team. And so I, I, I don't think it's surprising that they're a dog. I know people in Kansas City love the fact that the Chiefs are an underdog again. You get three playoff games in a row yeah. with Patrick Mahomes as a dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's good with that. Do you think what, – what do you think about the coaching matchup, right? Because, I mean, you kind of hit on this with Kyle Shanahan, and we know that he's – I like to call him a coward. He loves punting on fourth and one <laughs> and settling for field goals. And, like, with Andy Reid, I think the Chiefs are going to be the more aggressive team. What, what do you, who do you think has the coaching advantage? Is it a big disadvantage, if anything at all? So it's, it's still an advantage for Andy Reid, but yeah. not near the discrepancy that we saw these, pre, you know, these past two games. We, you asked me earlier about going away from the run and everything yeah. like that. I mean, Sean McDermott has been been – you know, having laps run around him by Andy Reid for a couple of years yeah. in the postseason. Mike McDaniels, I really like him, but still there's an edge there. And then, you know, Harbaugh last week, I was inexcusable. So I think it's a much narrower gap. I don't. I think I trust Kyle Shanahan more if I'm a Niners fan that he's going to stick to the game plan. But there is something to be said of being there in these situations. That goes across the team, even from little stuff, guys. The, the game prep the week before. So last week, Andy Reid still treated it as if they were playing today, you know, or yeah. this past Sunday, I should say. And so they already installed the game plan, and that way this week when they're dealing with all the media stuff and all these interviews, that they're able to, to still feel comfortable like they already got it in you know, the back of their mind, and then they revisit this week. They had a padded practice uh, the other day. Yeah. In the rain. Stop Meanwhile, it. on the flip side, we know there's a lot of complaining about the field surface and everything. Uh, hey, man, I saw pictures of those. They're very, very different. All right. Your team getting, getting all the preferential treatment. I As per usual. The were at Arizona State last year. Guys are the Patriots. Now that's what it is. Bet MGM tonight. He thinks his range is 50 yards. Hasselbeck, Tank Johnson with the sack. Live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook at Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas, you're tuned in to Bet are. MGM tonight on the Bet QL Network.
There you go. Tank Johnson sitting on set live with us now. Going back, I found that highlight for you. And Fox then, Let's and go. as Ryan said when you sat down, he said, you made me a lot of money back in 2005. I appreciate it. Yeah, that. I'm a huge fan, oh. man. From Chicago, uh, <laughs> 2005, Baltimore Ravens. He had eight tackles in that game, two sacks. Legend. Well, I'm Tank Williams. Tank Johnson was the ones with the guns. Yeah. I was with the Titans. Oh, yeah, Tank, Tank. Yeah, so it's uh, – That is true. So how – it's got to be weird as a former NFL player to, to sit here and, like, know that we have a Super Bowl in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Like, just everything has changed so much with, with just this whole landscape now. Yeah, but you can see it kind of transitioning as well because mm -hmm. I remember during my playing days – a lot of my buddies would hit me up when we had these big games and say, hey, how do you feel about your defense playing against this offense? And they wanted to get fantasy tips from me. And so you see the way that fantasy has started to become really big. Everyone yeah. is involved in fantasy. And now gambling, the NFL is, you know, intertwined with gambling. So I think this transition has been on its way for a long time. But now we're finally here. The NFL is in Bruce Vegas. This is one of the best places to have a game because people like to come out here and show out for the whole weekend. Yes, up the Super Bowl. it's yeah. star-studded, man. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. Vegas could be the location for the Super Bowl pretty much every year. Should be. You know, it really should. No. In in your estimation as a, a defensive player, like how do you think Brock Purdy is going to handle the pressure that the Chiefs are going to bring, which is a ton, right? And yeah. is is his legs like the panacea, or the like the solution to that? He would definitely use his legs because what I see Spags doing is this. He loves to blitz. He loves to show you one thing before the snap and then roll into a different coverage. And I think when you look at Brock Purdy over the past few weeks, he's had a couple throws where it may get away from him. And actually some of those passes should have been intercepted, but he's either broken up by one of the wide receivers or like the play to Brandon Ayuk where he bounced off the defensive back's helmet and then Brandon Ayuk catches the ball. But I think Spags is going to try to mix it up, make Purdy, uh, a little bit indecisive. And if he can do that and just steal one or two possessions and get the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, that's the way the Chiefs want to play this game against the 49ers. What are you seeing when you watch the 49ers defensive line? Because obviously Nick Bosa, one of the better pass rushers yeah. in the league, just didn't have the type of season that he had last year. Seeing more double teams, they make the move, go out and get Chase Young. Um, but the pass rush has kind of been like non-existent the last couple yeah. weeks for San Francisco. Yeah, what are you seeing from them? That's been one of the big struggles. If you look at the 49ers defense, even in the past, they've been known to give up splash plays, especially in the slot. Yeah. And when you look at them this year, even though they traded for Chase Young, they really haven't generated that pass rush. And so it's left the linebackers and the defensive backs exposed. Yeah. And so when you look at the way that the Chiefs want to attack this, I don't know why the hell Baltimore didn't run the ball more. When you saw the way that Josh Allen, yep. Ty yeah. Johnson, mm -hmm. right. everybody in their yeah. mama in the Buffalo backfield yeah. ran the ball against the Chiefs. Yeah. And for some reason, the Baltimore Ravens don't want to run the rock. Trust me, Andy Reid will be stubborn with the run. Mm -hmm. Pacheco is going to tote that thing. And if he's effective, then that's when you want to see Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, and all these guys get busy. Because if you look at this Niners defense in the past as well, Trey McBride had a big game with yeah. the Arizona Cardinals. You saw Sam Laporta. And Amon mm -hmm. Ross St. Brown have games. And so there's some ways that you can see the Chiefs getting busy against this Niners defense if they can't generate the pass rush. Yeah. One of the main things I wanted to ask you about was Chase Young because he comes over, he's supposed to be there to really help out Bosa from getting double teams. And he just he had a couple of good games, but it feels like maybe it's a work ethic thing. It's been a little bit lackadaisical. Like, yeah. What do you see when you watch him off them? I think he just needs to turn it up a notch. I mean, you know that he has all the athleticism in the world. It just seems like, you always hear people talk about having that dog mentality. But, I mean, really, you have to live there. You have to breathe that. That needs to be your identity if you're going to go out there and be one of the best players in the league. Like, he has it talent-wise, but he just hasn't flipped that switch to where he plays with that consistency on a regular basis. And until he does, 
I mean, he's going to get outshined by some of the guys like Nick Bosa and everyone else in the league. And it's going to be a detriment to that 49ers defense because you see people running the ball right at them. Right yeah. You at see him. people being able to throw the ball downfield because they don't feel stressed. They don't feel pressure. And so I think Chase Young is going to be one of these guys specifically on this 49ers defense that needs to step up if they're going to win this game. You feel like that Kansas City secondary is still underrated? Like Snead? It shouldn't be by now. Right? I mean, those young guys stepped up last year, and they beat a really good Philadelphia Eagles offense. Yeah. And they've been playing good ball throughout this season. Now, I understand that they took a little bit of a skid in the middle of the season where, you know, everyone, like, goes – like, everything goes in waves. And so they were playing really good ball at the beginning, had a little bit of a slump, and now they're playing their best ball here late. And they gave up some plays to Zay Flowers, but look at LeJarrius knee where in crunch time, when you need it, he punches the ball out as Zay Flowers is going across the end yeah. zone. Those are guys that are playing into the whistle. That's what the 49ers need from Chase Young. You play to the whistle because most people would have given up on that play. Zay Flowers would have had a touchdown. Yeah. They knocked the ball out, and that's a game-changing play. Yeah. What does it say about Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid that with all of the issues they had with that wide receiver core this year, that they're still here and that offense is just still humming along? I think it really speaks to what they have in that locker room. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a close blind bond to where on a lot of teams, when MVS, Marquise Valdez-Scantlin, when he drops those balls midseason, some of those players would be like, uh, like, nah, we can't ride with you, man. You're costing us games. You may cost us a spot in the playoffs. They always embrace him and say, like, hey, we're going to need you down the stretch. And look at it. In that Buffalo game, the first series coming out of halftime, he is Marquise, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin on the sideline, big yep. play. They have the big play against the Baltimore Ravens, but they sealed the deal. That's leaning on those guys saying, like, hey, we need to keep your trust. We need to keep your belief in you because we're going to need you down the stretch. But it's just not words that they're saying. They actually mean it. And when it materializes between those white lines, that brings that team closer together. And I believe they're carrying a lot of momentum in that respect into the Super Bowl. You like this as a low-scoring game, given the fact that the Chiefs have, you know, one of the best defenses in the league, specifically second-half unders have been hitting like crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the Chiefs didn't even score last half uh, against the Ravens. So that's interesting, though, because the reason I feel the Chiefs didn't score against the Ravens a lot in the second quarter is because they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Their defense was playing so well. Baltimore was turning the ball over, even though they were moving the ball effectively. Where Patrick Mahomes had this quote where he said, Tom Brady used to morph into a different type of player with each team that he played with. And because his defense was playing so well, he didn't want to get too far outside himself playing against a really good Baltimore defense that ratcheted down in the second half. He wasn't going to risk a turnover, so he just kept it tight and leaned on his defense. Now, say, for example, if you're playing against the San Francisco 49ers and you have more opportunities where they've shown that they've let people run the ball and throw the ball effectively, I feel like we can see them generate a few more points in the second half than what we saw Mm. against the Baltimore Ravens. I try not to be like hot take guy, but I got to ask you, because right, uh, you spent a year in New England, right? So you've obviously t- seen Tom Brady. Is Patrick Mahomes the greatest of all time, or does he still have to? I mean, I know we're talking rings, right? I don't think Brady's. I knew you were going to do this. Ring culture. I, knew you were yeah. do I mean, let's say let's say Mahomes finishes with three. Would you still consider him the greatest of all time? I test. I mean, I don't like the deal in absolutes. I would say that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time just because I've seen how he's morphed from being a guy that leaned on his defense to being a guy who really didn't have the weapons around him and still excel yeah. to being a guy that had Gronk and Randy Moss and then just blow it out and set all kind of records in the league. Yeah. I believe Patrick Mahomes is probably the most talented quarterback that we've seen to date uh, in a different way than Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, and I think if he ends up getting a bunch of rings, then he'll definitely be in the conversation. But it's entirely too soon to say that. Patrick Mahomes is better than Tom Brady can, right now. Can I ask you one more follow-up? I'm a big Lamar guy, and I was having this conversation the other night at dinner. People calling, like, saying that Lamar just might not be a gamer. Ugh. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm, I'm a big Lamar guy. What are your thoughts on him, though? 
I believe that they got too they got away from the run too fast. Yeah. In that Chiefs game. Yeah. Like so, this is the mentality because psych like it's, it's psychological. So the Chiefs deferred. So Baltimore mm-hmm. got the ball first. They go three and out. Yeah. Chiefs get the ball, drive straight down the field and score. Yeah. Baltimore's like, okay, we need the response. So they drove down the field and got a touchdown. Chiefs went right back down and got 14-7. Offense coordinator thinking this, like, hey, we're not going to be able to slow down these Chiefs, so we need to match them point for point. Yeah. And then he got pass heavy. There was no reason for him not to run the ball effectively with Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and Lamar Jackson. So I think it was more detriment to play calling yeah. and getting out of their rhythm versus, like, Lamar not being the gamer in the AFC Conference Championship. Yeah, and if you look at what Lamar does best, he runs off tackle, averages yeah. six yards yeah. off tackle, and that's where you could attack that. KC defense, so I just had no idea what they were doing. It feels like Lamar just keeps getting put into situations where his coordinators are not putting him in the situation to succeed. They want him to do more than really what he's the best at. Yeah, I mean, I think the the game got away from the coordinator a little bit, and at the same time, some plays got away from Lamar. Like, when he threw the interception late in the game, even though you could say it was possibly pass interference, that was a bad ball. He shouldn't yeah. have thrown into that triple coverage. Yeah. But at the same time, as poorly as the Ravens played on offense in the second half, if it wasn't for the Zay Flowers fumbling to the end zone, if it wasn't right for that late interception, they're right there in the game, yeah. which shows yeah. you like how really, like how good that Baltimore Ravens team is and how close they are to taking that next step and making it to a Super Bowl. Now, this I'm going to ask, but it's kind of asking you to get into someone's head, so I know we can't really predict it. But, well, I like to do that. Though. Okay. All right, then, yeah. then, then you know what? Then you'll be able to play along just fine with this. Do you think that Lamar Jackson, knowing that the outside narrative about him not being able to get that team to the Super Bowl and success in the playoffs, do you think that that affected him at all in that game? I don't believe it affected him in mm-hmm. the game. I think what affected him in the game is that he was playing against a really good defense. It got to a setting where he had to be pass heavy. And even though he can do that type of thing, he needs to do it on his terms. Like when he was in that game against the Miami Dolphins where he's running the ball effectively, it's a close kind of back and forth game. Defense is a little bit more lax than what you're dealing with with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's his perfect environment. But when you're playing against Spags that's showing you one thing and giving you another, where every possession, every play is like important, the most important in the game. I think once they had a few bad plays and it stacked up on them, then he felt a little bit of pressure, but it wasn't the pressure from like the outside world. It's the pressure of saying like, "Hey, I have a really good defense. I have these balls with me. Like this is probably my best opportunity right now yeah. to beat Patrick Mahomes." And so he presses a little bit. I think that's why he throws that pick into triple coverage. So I think that's more to it versus like him feeling the pressure of people saying like, "Oh, he's a running back playing quarterback," or yeah. or all these other narratives that out there that I feel is just straight BS. You mentioned that. Like, he felt like, oh, okay, that's the best chance I had to succeed against Patrick Mahomes. Felt like that kind of happened to Josh Allen as well when you had Stephon Diggs wide open underneath second and nine and third and nine, and he went into the end zone two times in a row. You feel like that was kind of the same situation? I think that's a little bit different because I usually give Josh Allen some, you know, a little bit of crap here and on him <laughs> because yeah. I feel like he earns it sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. that was the thing. Like, when he was up for the MVP – uh, at the latter part of the season, I was like, how could this be an MVP season for Josh Allen? When I remember the early and mid part of the season, he was always in front of a microphone like I am right now with this look on his face because there were interceptions where he cost his team a win. Yeah. yeah. Not saying that he's not a phenomenal player, not saying that he didn't will his team to a bunch of victories, but I didn't think that this was an MVP caliber season for Josh Allen. Now, spin it back to that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. He played phenomenal ball. Yeah, he did. With his legs, with his arm, like, before I talk about him not throwing the digs on the crosser, I'm going to talk about digs dropping that ball yeah, deep yeah. down the field. 
I'm gonna talk about I, I can't remember which wide receiver it was on the drive before that that dropped the deep ball. Yeah. I'm not I'm gonna talk about the offensive lineman Dawkins who gets pushed up into his lap and if the lineman isn't in his lap, he connects on the touchdown on that throw where he yeah. could have thrown the digs right there. So I usually give Josh Allen a little bit of flack, but I think he played phenomenal ball and did everything it took for his team to win. It was just he needed some guys to step up around him. Yeah. And a lot of times when we see Diggs saying, like, hey, I need to get the ball and this and that, and I'm a big Diggs fan, like, I feel like some of his players who are the top playmakers kind of let him down in that game. I agree. All right, let's get back to the uh, the big game, Super Bowl, coming up on Sunday. Who do you like in the game? We need a prediction. All right, you're going to put me on the spot. I'm yeah. going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs okay. for the given That's fact that – I like what Brock Purdy does. I still feel that Spags is going to have some stuff in his bag where he's going to try to confuse him. And if he can turn Purdy over once or twice, I think that may be the difference in the game. But what I feel is that Kyle Shanahan has a lot of trust in his quarterback, but it's going to be a McCaffrey game. Yeah, yeah. It should be a McCaffrey game. Yeah. If you saw the way that Ty Johnson was running on the field, yeah. if you saw the way that Josh Allen was running over the Chiefs, if you saw the way that Cook was running on those guys, like, McCaffrey should have 120-something rushing yards. He's going to be effective in the pass game, and then he should be strategic taking his shots downfield to Debo Samuel and to uh, my man Brandon Ayuk. And if they can do that, then that falls into the Niners game plan. But if the Chiefs can control the clock, get a couple turnovers, and then be strategic with mm -hmm. the way they're using Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey, yeah. then I feel they're going to pull out with the win, and that's what I'm anticipating the Chiefs win. We still got about two minutes here. Brock Purdy, what do you think of him as a quarterback? I think Purdy is a good player. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, do I think he was the MVP of the league this year? No. Yeah. Do I think he's the MVP on that team? No. I think Christian McCaffrey is the MVP of the team. At the same time, when Debo and Trent Williams went out, that's when they went on their three-game skid. Mm -hmm. So I look at it more like this. Like, McCaffrey is the engine that makes everything go. Purdy drives the car. But if you don't have Debo, if you don't have Trent Williams, you ain't got no gas in the car. <laughs> so, I mean, there's different things that make it go. Now, when everything is working together, then that car is humming. And so that's what it's going to take for Brock Perry to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. He needs everything working in his favor. And if it is, then he's going to pilot that car to new heights. And I feel very confident in the Niners being able to move the ball against the Chiefs. But that's going to be a tall task against Spags. Yeah, that's interesting. For MVP then, Super Bowl MVP, is it Patrick Mahomes' award just to lose? It's as easy as that? It's crazy to me that Mahomes is the favorite for the MVP, even though the Niners are the favorite. I thought the, the same thing. It's right. wild. But, yeah. but it's wild, but yeah. I guess it's because people are saying that, hey, more than likely if the Niners win, McCaffrey's going to have a big game. And mm -hmm. if McCaffrey has a big game, he's likely going to win the MVP. Yeah. And I see Kyle Shanahan leaning heavily on McCaffrey just to try to take some of that pressure over Brock Purdy, even though he trusts him to death. You don't want to have a young quarterback exposed in the biggest game of his life and have a turnover and then everything kind of spirals downhill. So that's why if you're trying to pick Super Bowl favorites, if you think the Niners are going to win, more than likely it's McCaffrey. And if you think it's the Chiefs, then it's going to be my man Patrick Mahomes. I mean, McCaffrey has just been absolutely incredible where it's like Kyle Shanahan just doesn't even want to abandon the run. Even if, like, against the Lions, we thought wow. maybe that's going to be tough. And then he's just like, yeah, yeah you just yeah. don't. Why? Wow. Just give the ball to run CMC, baby. It's just, you know Maybe what? Five and a half yards, I think, is his rushing uh, uh, prop. I saw that 90 and a half. Yeah, yeah it keeps going it is, up. Bang, no. Yeah. Over. Exactly. Every, right. It, just, it doesn't matter every single time. And this is why running backs need more respect in the NFL, Yeah. He's, he's only one example of a lot of them. Tank Williams, really appreciate the time. Thanks Thank so you much, for man. coming on. Thanks Seven so much. Good MGM tonight. Back, back from Dead MGM tonight. I hear music in my ear. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I, thought that I heard rock. A little, uh, yeah. Things got really low for me in here. I think that's what it was. Hey, it's okay. Uh, right now they're eating food on CBS Sports Network. Kind of jealous. Good for yeah. them. Yeah, I'll we wouldn't what. be allowed to do that. Uh, well, no. Hey.
I did no. something today, guys, that What'd I'm very excited about. Well, it's just it's a food-wise thing, but uh, uh -oh. brisket on salad. Oh, that's so I'm good. I'm going to tell you something. Pretty damn good. There's a place here that has it's very smoky. Was it barbecue? Mexicana? No free yeah. shout-outs, but free shout-out. Yeah. I had a... It was like a kale salad, kale chopped salad with edamame and quinoa and all this good stuff. Didn't do kale because it makes me like deathly sick. Really? So I used, yeah, I get really nauseous oh, from no. it. So That's I did spinach good. or romaine instead. But they put barbecue, it was like a barbecue vinaigrette with, with roasted chicken Damn. thigh that was barbecued. And it was... I don't I feel ever like I actually chose the wrong salad. I maybe should have gone with yours instead. Tomorrow, there's always yeah, tomorrow. And there is. Yeah. And I was I just kept saying out loud, loud, wow, this salad's incredible. It's an incredible salad. I'm so hungry right now. We gotta stop talking. About it. <laughs> we would have gotten you food. I know. I'm just. Yeah, I wasn't hungry. Now I'm starving. Oh well, yeah. Just want to wait, eat after the show. But now I'm watching people on their live sets, just eating cheeseburgers. The, the only thing I will say, and I know you're hungry, but the food scene in <laughs> Vegas does not get enough credit. No, no. At all. It's a top three food city in America. Yeah. Yes. You have to take out New York, obviously. You got to take yeah. out L.A. because those are like top two, I think. Mm -hmm. But then you put in like Vegas is right there. They so have, many options. So many options. By the way, Portland, my city, is a top five food city. Really? New York and L.A. Oh, yeah. You'll love it if you ever go. Okay. There's so much good farm to table. The restaurants. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. The restaurants. I mean, there's nothing else to do except for eat in Portland. There's so much good, like, they really love pork. They really like all of this um, exotic meat, like wild game. They're really into wild game. Boar, wild boar. I've had that I like that a lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah. A lot of stewed meats, a lot of beautiful plating. You would love it. Do you guys have a, uh, a cuteness rule for things you eat, though? Like, rabbit is good, but I do kind of feel bad because I like a little bunny. The well, yeah, a little bunny, too. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing that I'm, I'm kind of out on, because I think it's really obscene, and I like it. And I didn't know how it was made. I bet I know where you're going. You know where I'm going? I think. Let's see if Does I'm right. Does it start with an F? No, no. I was going a different route. Foie gras. No. So oh, foie oh, yeah. gras. What is it? So foie gras, I believe, is a goose. I believe it's goose. And they, they stuff the goose with food. And then they keep it in a box that's smaller than it can move. Yeah. And then just continue to feed it. And then you get, I don't know what the foie gras is, but I know it's like a, a stuffed food geese inside of a box where it can't move. I know it's, it's like kind of like torture. I was going to say, it's like it's, it's like veal. It's yeah. the same concept with veal. It's uh, veal parmesan's amazing, but like, damn. All right, sorry, Ryan. We can't talk about food anymore. Sorry. I hungry. I won't well, no, now I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now okay, so now that we talked about the box goose. Go. The it box was, goose. Okay, it's a, uh, the technique dates back to 2500 BC mm -hmm. where Egyptians began keeping birds for food deliberately fattening them through force feeding they force feed them yeah that's torture kinda, it's, yeah, it's, it's terrible I think it's their liver I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure their liver is so fattened and then you just eat that who well, eats this you know people that actually, I have eaten foie oh, you, gras before and it tastes that's the thing. delightful it's probably awesome you put, they that's put the it thing. on like crisps and stuff Oh, yeah. With, like, stuff on top. Yeah. It's great. I've somehow yeah. never had this. I've never yes. even heard of it. It's very inhumane. I've heard of it, but it's I didn't horrible. know how, like, yeah, that's that's a lot. I'm going to be honest. That's probably yeah. not, you so know, the best So that's the one. That's where I end Yeah. That's that and live it. monkey brains. That's another thing I probably would never I wouldn't eat. do that either. Uh, no no brains. You. I'm out on brains yeah. and out on feet. Out on out on all those things. Top of the, top of the body, gross. bottom of the body, it's a no. Yeah. We had Tank Williams on last segment, and, you know, it's really interesting. If you guys kind of, I think we were... Ryan, maybe you and I were talking about this briefly last night. We were walking through Mandalay Bay at the end, and there's 
I mean, it's obvious, like, we're still kind of sitting here going, like, this is surreal to see NFL players, former NFL players in sports books, walking through them, because that's part of the rule. Right. When years ago, Tony Romo, remember, they canceled his fantasy football thing that yep. was here in Vegas, because yes. it was near even a sports book. But they do have very strict rules on, you know, current players walking through it and what they're able to do. Like, you can't actually go into a sports book, but you can walk through it and they can't take pictures or do promotions next to like slot machines and stuff which is funny because the nfl has nfl themed slot machines right. but like we're in that point now where things are like everybody's all in but yet there's still some of those gray areas where they're just like nah we're not we're not going that far with it just yet so they can't come to i don't know just for example like the mandalay bay poker room they yes, couldn't do an interview they can't do that. here no i remember i did an uh an interview with some former cincinnati legends and in, in the sports book, MGM sports book in Cincinnati, right across from the stadium, like around the corner. And we were supposed to get uh, Giannard, uh, Giovanni Bernard. Mm -hmm. And they, they thought yeah. Gio Bernard was going to retire, which he did not. Mm -hmm. And so if he were to walk into the sports book and do that event, mm -hmm. he would immediately get, I think, a year long suspension. Jeez. So he canceled, obviously. Which is crazy. I mean, like, and I get it. You can't have guys betting on the sports that they play. But I have, like, no issues. Like, what if uh, Lamar Jackson's in Vegas? It's Thursday night, and he really likes Clemson plus five and a half against North Carolina. Why shouldn't he be able to go and bet some college hoops? Well, the NBA, they can. They can. Well, right, they can't, but they can't and, do no, it in the book, though. They have to right? do it on oh, their phone. It's got to be so only mobile. Yeah. Like, that's what I don't understand. That's kind of dumb, but, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, It's probably, you know why it is, I bet? is because it's cash and there's nothing to attach you to the bet whereas mobily yeah. it's attached to your social security number and so that they can track what it is you're betting instead of like just going up to the book and putting a thousand dollars on uh, the chief's money line yeah that's a you good know? point right <laughs> and, yeah and good listen, point if we're being honest though it is like you have to have these things in place because there's already enough dopes out there that think that everything's scripted and, and fixed in any right. way. You don't need to have that get even worse. The NBA already had to deal with that years ago with the Tim Donaghy situation. So if you start letting NFL players bet on the NFL, I mean, that would be... They'd probably emotionally hedge, don't you think? Like, if I'm Brock Purdy. That would be interesting. If yeah, I'm Brock like, Purdy, I'm probably betting on Chiefs money line. Just in case I'm, like, so heartbroken. <laughs> betting the over on his own interception. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brock Purdy over... One interception, oh, half an interception. That actually would be really funny. If, if NFL players were able to do it, who would actually go down that road and yeah. approach it that way? Phil Mickelson used to play some some wagers. Well, what yeah. was it, the Ryder Some Cup? wagers? I think it was a lot of wagers with him. Yeah, yeah, on himself, too. Well, I wonder if he's here this weekend. Haven't seen him no. yet. Yeah, we got everything. That's the well, thing. We got, we got Liv, Liv coming up. Yeah. Liv yeah. is here, too. Like When do they start? Tomorrow? When's uh, Thursday? Thursday? Thursday, yeah. Yeah. That's so that not, be... not far away. Either. I'm, like, all thrown off on the days. It's only Tuesday. I feel like right now, do you guys – did you guys Feels watch like The Sopranos? Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. All right. If you haven't, spoiler alert, there's an episode, well, there's a season where, remember, Tony gets shot and he's in a coma? Yes. And he's just like, the first four episodes of the season, he was just in that hotel. Yes. And he couldn't leave? Yeah. That's kind of like how I feel after just like 48 hours. <laughs> remember Chelsea? Like here. When we first, we first started the show, there was a promo that went on for far too long, but I loved it. It was about Chelsea living in a casino. Yes. Yeah, I need more, like, I, I need to know more about that. I have never gotten the full detail on that. Like, did yeah, she actually neither. live in a casino? I think she did, and I think she lived there for quite a while. I think I could. I think I could live here, to be honest. You with just you. compared your two days to Tony Soprano. No, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that badly. I just, it's like. It didn't sound good. Sound like you felt <laughs> trapped. No, I feel like I, like, yeah, I just feel like I, like, live here almost now. I don't know why. 
Now he imagine would, he would Summer League where it's 13 well, nights. I know, yeah. I know. Well, what, ha- what happens is, and I don't know if this is a good thing, like I've been walking around a lot and I've, uh, that is good. you know, checked out a couple of the uh, bars mm-hmm. and one bartender here actually like knows me by name. He's like, Ryan, am I going to see you tonight? <laughs> oh, that's bad. I don't You've know if that's a good thing, right? have been here less than 72 gonna, been, hours. It's, yeah. yeah, it's been a short trip so far yeah. here. Like the table dealers knowing my name, that makes sense, right? That's because yeah. I give them my player's card and then, yeah. But uh, probably not a good thing. Maybe I should go to a different bar tonight. Nah. Yeah, you're right. You want to have you're your right. guys. Come on. It's like, you're an, right. you know, it's like in all these shows. Everybody right. has their table they sit on. Yeah. You know, speaking of Vegas, did you guys see what the, the Las Vegas mayor said today? No. Uh, basically telling the A's, like, not to come here. Yeah, I did see that. That is what? wild. So yeah. what did he she, say? She, she, she said, Yeah, she, she came said. out She came out and basically said, like, yeah, this, the, set, the site they have is good. We can probably – it's, like, 60 acres. We can get up to, like, 100 acres. But if they really want to have their dream of, like, being on the water and doing that, they should stay in Oakland. Like, as they well, should. Well, I thought they were – I just took an Uber, and the Uber driver told me they were they were just, like, completely demolishing Tropicana yeah. in April yes. Yes. right yes. here for the A's. Is yes. that not it's, true? So I think that's still the plan. I think it's more of just like a maybe change it last minute. Some people don't seem happy about it. And I don't I know think why. A lot of, I think a lot of people aren't happy. I, I think it's, I mean, no, why? You, have you heard anybody say why, like locals say why they don't like it here? Maybe it's just like the mediocrity of the baseball. But listen, you've had the Raiders, so right, that's been, true. You're used to it. It's a great spot. There's so much land here still available. Yeah. For maybe it's going to boost that. up prices of hotel rooms, but no, I, I don't think a baseball team, a mediocre baseball team, is going to change anything. And that Tropicana is a dump. Yeah, it's so time it for Tropicana to go. To go. Anyway. The A's though, like. In Vegas, it's all about, like, flash, right? I mean, like, look mm-hmm. at that stadium and yeah. the Raiders, you know, and they go out and they spend money on a Devontae Adams. And the Golden Knights, their first year, their expansion year, they were in the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. The A's, like, their payroll is, like, $145 right but, now. They're just not, it's like, like, literally what Ryan being wanted. here, that <laughs> could be different. If people are going to games, yeah. you can charge more. It's going to be a, a stadium that's going to be state-of-the-art to some degree. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen the full plans for it. So really, though, that whole idea of like the A's not spending any money, you would, and again, this is I'm assuming it. I'm not in their front office, but you would think they're going to start spending money because they have more resources here yeah. in this market. Well, and like the one, like the A's haven't always been trash. Growing right. up, I loved the A's. Barry Zito. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but Jason I, it, Giambi was there. It's going to take some time to turn that thing around, though. I mean, like we could do. This we we should do for our man on the interv- uh, man on the street interviews. We should just go around and ask, like, can you name? three Oakland A's. Oh, that's such a great that's a great idea. I don't idea. think I could. I don't Kate, think I could. Scratch yeah, it. I she's, actually she's got her thumbs up over there. I she's love right that now. Idea. See? I'm a thinker. The problem is is I yeah, I don't think I could either. No. So I would lose that game. Yeah. I wouldn't I don't know. I, I, I remember just like one A's pitcher that we would fade every single game. I don't even remember who it was. I just remember he was like had the the highest ERA for a starter in all of Major League Baseball. Do you remember that, Ryan? I do. The I A's were just terrible against the spread. Like, I'm looking at their roster right Brady now. Brady Basso, you got him. There you go. Trevor Paul, Gott. Paul Blackburn. Sean Newcomb's on the team, former oh, well. Brave. Blackburn's not a bad pitcher. No, no. Uh, Brent Rooker. Like, who the hell? Nick Allen. I feel yeah. like if you guys ever seen Major League, this guy here is dead. Cross him off the <laughs> list. <now>. Would, anybody, <laughs> would like, anybody even notice Stop. if we just didn't bring the A's back anyway? I, it I was, don't think was anybody it JP would. JP Sears? It might have been yeah, JP Sears. I think Sears. it was. I think yeah. It was.
we found it. It's one of the worst pitchers in baseball. Jason but Sears. you may be able to get some free agents. Alex it's gonna be Wood, a also not good. New stadium. You know, you're in yeah. Vegas. Guys want to come here. So that could totally change the entire thing they for the organization. This was just 2021. So. Well, that's true. There's it's very good See chance. See you later, J.P. Sears. It's BetMGM tonight. Tristan, Nick, and Ryan are taking a break to catch up on their bets. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more on BetMGM tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.